Garfield et Jeffen What's up, faders? Welcome to yet another action-packed episode of Got Fit in Japan. I am your host, Johnny. And uh, Tom Tom Tokyo is not here today because he is in the hospital. No, no, no. No accidents. No drunken fights. Well, maybe. But uh, I, I want to put my... Well, I'm actually drinking coffee today because it's so early in the morning. And uh, yeah, I dropped the ball. We're not drinking booze. But I want to put my hot coffee in the air in salute of Tom and his newborn baby. Yes, that's right. On October 28th, Tom had a baby boy. A beautiful... A, a very hands... A very good boy. <laughs> He had a great, it looks just like him, but the baby, the weird thing is, I saw a picture of Tom's kid, and he has more hair than Tom, so um, I don't know, I've got a lot of questions for him the next time he's on the show, but anyway, regardless, this is up in the air for Tom. Tom, congratulations, brother, you have a new family, a new son, and I guess a new addition to the Got Fit Japan family. All right, Tom. And um, as you find folks know, Got Fit in Japan is about two dudes, booze, Japan, and the news. Unfortunately, today we don't have Tom, but we do have a special guest, a replacement of Tom. And uh, I don't know, we've been hanging out for a while, and I think maybe Tom needs to get a new job because I, I think we got a new co-host. Maybe, I don't know. And um, this is episode number 487, and 500 is soon approaching. And with 500, we're going to do something crazy. What are we going to do? I don't know. We're going to get drunk. Drink we're going to talk. But we're going to drink 500 shots. You know? <laughs> 500 shots. I, you know. I'm so glad I'm not on that episode. I, you know what? I, I think I can at least handle 10. <laughs> 10 shots? What is that? Half a fifth or something? I don't know. That's a lot of whiskey. Yeah. But, you know, we're going to do something crazy. I think we're going to do the booze cruise. Booze cruise in the winter. That could be kind of exciting. But, um, yeah. Oh, and before we move forward, I want to say thank you to everybody that's bought art this month. Halloween-based art and stuff. Thank you very much for supporting The Spilt Ink. And another special thank you to everybody that supported us on Patreon. You guys are the backbone of Got Faded Japan. Maybe I do need a drink. <laughs> Beers all around! No, but well. No, thank you very much. <laughs> I like you. Tom says quite the opposite. Tom's like... Dude, you fucked up. I'm like, Tom, you... Okay, I did fuck up. I did drop the ball. But um, anyway, um, for everybody that supports us on Patreon, thank you very much. Um, it really helps us out. And um, yes, and if you want to support Got Fitted Japan, go to the Patreon page. It's right down there south, south of heaven in the show notes. And without further ado, I'm here with a very, very special lady. I'm here with Rebecca from Racket. Yes, from M... <laughs> From N? From M Racket. From N Racket? So I'm from Racket, but I also am Racket. Oh, from and M Racket. So your name is Rebecca Racket, 
And the name of your band is Racket. No, I, I cannot give away my last name, you know, like... Well, it's it, Smith, but... <laughs> it's not. <laughs> Jones! Um, Can I no, guess it? No, you'll I know, never I, guess it. I, but, Winchester! Yeah. No. <laughs> no. Sorry. Um, but yeah, I am, I am Racket. I'm a performer, and I perform under the name Racket. And I'm from Australia, I'm from Sydney... Um, I live in Sydney, but I'm originally from a small country town in North Queensland called Bundaberg, which I don't know if any of you know Bundaberg Rum. Um, it's a very like famous uh, rum um, from my town. Also, my town's uh, very big for um, sugarcane and cattle. So I, you know, I come up, I, I came up listening to and performing in country musters as a country music child star. I don't get that from you at all. Yeah. I do not get that vibe at all. Country okay. music is like the furthest thing in my mind when I met you. I was like, dude, this chick's a rocker. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, Bundaberg was a small town, so you found what you could do to express yourself and perform. So I was... Um, yeah, I was a performer in the country music muster scene and then I was a dancer and uh, I moved from Bundaberg to Brisbane so that's like a, the nearest capital city and I still wasn't into music then, I didn't even start playing music then. I moved from Brisbane to Ireland, I became a professional makeup artist um, touring around Europe. Um, and then I came back to Australia. I started selling cars at my dad's used car lot, not really knowing what I was going to do. Then I decided I wanted to be an actress. So then I moved to Sydney and became an actress and failed miserably, just ended up on Colgate commercials. And can you swear on this show? No. Okay. Well, okay, yeah, you can. A lot of I'll make an exception this time. Up and just, you were getting fucked up? Yeah, it was just like doing a lot of Bad stuff. Um, bad stuff with other act, you know, actors coming in from the states. Anyway, it was just a. Oh, those nasty act- Americans. No. Was it Brad Pitt? I bet it was Brad Pitt. No. Demi Moore. No. Dude. Did you read her book? I'm thinking about reading her book. No. I, would t- I wouldn't. You know, I wouldn't tell you if it was Brad Pitt. Oh it man, wasn't Brad I totally Pitt. would. <laughs> no. And then, um, and then I decided to play music. So I, I learned mm-hmm. the drums and I started playing drums first, and then. I moved on to, and that was in my first band, Beck and Ben, and then I moved on to form Racket, and I've presented Racket in a few different ways as an all-girl rock band. It's always been like a very female-fronted, female presence act, and toured Australia with The Darkness, a um, whole heap of other artists, DZ Death Rays, Jack River, uh, The Growlers, Bleach. Um, then did like you know some more of nostalgic rock like Australian artists like Super Jesus, Killing Heidi, um, and then yeah, and then I took took a year off and decided to uh, reinvent myself and started making electro punk. You know what I think is punk now is more cutting edge on the verge of AI. Um, yeah, I just like felt like the punk that I was listening to and playing was like very uh, like predictable. And then I started listening to artists like Charlie XCX and being like, well, and Sophie, you know, artists that are on the verge of PC music and 
hearing like, okay, well, these guys are like thriving within pop, but they're like anti-pop at the same time. And the sounds that they were producing were very like rebellious and like left of center and not conforming to any particular pop structure, but still killing it in the pop scene. So that to me was like, that's punk. Like that's, and that's refreshing. Like it's not like symbols, you know, four-piece rock bands. I mean, I still love those and I still have a place for those. Amel and the Sniffers, Amy's one of my really good friends. Um, and I love punk, punk music, but it just felt like I didn't want to create like art that had already been done, like again, you know, like just jumping the same horse, kind of spanking the same, you know, doing the same thing over and over again. Yeah, there's one thing on this show that we dislike, and that's spankings. Except for Tom, he's got a kid. Okay, all right. Well, I don't, I don't mind. <laughs> you know, all right, that's awesome. You've done so many things in your past. Makeup artist, actress, touring Europe. How has that influenced your music regarding drive and passion? Well, I guess I've, I've done so many things in my personal life that now I just, I just kind of live for my dream. Like, there's nothing... You know, I have experiences, but I don't have a family. I don't have a boyfriend. I don't have any motivation to create that kind of lifestyle for myself. So I just like, I live for my dreams. And I, the weirder the dreams are, the more, the more uncomfortable an experience is, that's where I tend to go, you know? That's refreshing. Yeah, I totally know. Awesome. So. What about Europe? You've got a lot of connections to Europe. You're in Japan right now, but I mean, if you were there, I'm sure through like doing makeup and stuff, you met like a lot of artists, a lot of performers and stuff. Do you think Europe could be on the plate in the future? Yeah, for sure. I definitely want to perform in Europe, but I've just like, I, I came over here after doing, I, I think I did like 220, 225 shows in Australia. Wait, since you started in 2017? Yeah. So since then to now, you've done 200, over 200 shows over 200, in Australia. yeah. And you've toured all over Australia. All like, over Australia. I, I, saw your, I saw your previous roster and it was insane. Yeah. It seems like every single weekend you're touring. Yeah, I was doing two to three shows a week. Two or three shows yeah, a week. Yeah, with that's like about right. gaps in holidays, but like... You know, and, and I was the front... Well, I'm the front woman, I'm the songwriter, I'm self-managed, I don't have a record label, so... For me, like, when I decided to do this new phase was, okay, I can go back and I can, like, bash Australia again, but I wanted to come to Japan first because I felt like the music that I was making was born in my imagination in a place where there was neon lights, plastic fruit, very, like, on the edge of technology, and that is not Australia. Australia is very slow and like behind so that's why I came to Japan and as soon as I got to Japan I started looking like I, I applied for South by Southwest and I want to go to LA next um, I just want to keep moving basically like I the, the thought of going back to Australia is like not really that exciting I just want to keep going and I don't know maybe it like weaves into some kind of like subconscious stuff I have going on like with my past life there an ex-lover that like catapulted me 
into just like keeping on moving and not wanting to go back you know like just living out of a suitcase it's like I never have to go home I don't have to face those memories so wait memories of playing in clubs or memories of the ex-lover kind of the ex-lover to be honest what happened were you like married or something I wasn't married but I you know I I I was kind of starstruck by this person and I saw him play he's a musician as well I saw him play and then I just like fantasized about him for six months and then finally I met him and we just became like inseparable um, and we we made a lot of music together and we did everything together and then at towards the end of the year I was touring as I said at 200 shows yeah and I was t- <clears throat> touring managing the band writing all the music trying to have a part-time job to support everything. you were the hand and fist of the show yeah yeah and then when I'd get home from tour you know like there was no time for like intimacy or like you know it was just like I'm just like dedicated to this dream and unfortunately everybody else comes second to that and then you know he found somebody to replace me to fill that son of a bitch ah. son of a bitch can you replace you that's impossible no well I mean you know everybody has needs and and so he was like a real a real source of inspiration for this new music and um yeah so it's bittersweet it's bittersweet because we were going to tour, we we're going to do this tour to Japan I can't actually believe I'm going this deep with you like this is not information this is information that I share with my friends so oh we go deep on Guy Pitt Japan well I mean you caught me like on like two hours sleep so like oh I haven't slept in two days this is the day <laughs> okay. after Halloween by the way happy post Halloween I guess oh yeah I mean I don't really get Halloween to be honest like I don't I don't really understand, like, why people want to, like, celebrate, like, being morbid, like, being dead, you know? Like, like seeing people, like, with blood and shit, like, it doesn't really, I don't really understand. It's like, oh, happy, like, we're dead time, you know? Like, I don't Oh, really... it goes back a long, long, long way, older than Christ and all that shit, but, uh, yeah, we're, well, we're, not gonna, we're not gonna break it. Well... Okay. Because it's like originally a pagan religion. It started in um, Northern uh, Europe, I guess. I, I think it started in, I think, Ireland or England around there. Yeah, right. And the reason why it came to the United States is because, you know, in, um, God, what was it? Like the 1800s with the potato famine and all that stuff. All the Irish came to America and they celebrated Halloween every year. And then, you know, all the, uh, cause, you know, New York and Boston was really segregated. You had the Irish over here. You had the Italians over here. Everybody was really divided by their, by their, uh, I guess, country because they all spoke different languages, you know? Mm-hmm. So anyway, uh, every October 31st, you know, the Irish would celebrate their pagan heritage or whatever by celebrating Halloween. And then it kind of caught on. And then with commerce and stuff, you know, it kind of like morphed into what we have today. And then in Japan, the reason why it's so big in Japan is because in 1997, Disneyland started to have a one day, everybody can dress up festival, and that was Halloween. Yeah. So on Halloween is the only time of the year you can go to, go to Disneyland and dress up as anything you want. And since 1997, people have been doing that. And then because of that, it was like all those kids in 1997, they grew up and they still wanted to go on and dress, dress up and stuff. 
they started going to nightclubs and other places and cafes and then all these nightclubs that had Halloween parties started really racking in the money and then all of a sudden within the last five years everybody started doing that and then today now in Shibuya we have what 3.5 million people all dressed up as like Pokemon and shit running yeah. around with aka no alcohol supposedly <laughs> Yeah, right. I'm sure a lot of them were wasted though. Come I on, mean, just I be love, serious. I, I do love dressing up though. I just you're I a makeup artist. Yeah, I'm a, and I and I as part of my stuff, I've produced all my own video clips and I've I've always dressed up like that's been my thing. But I just I guess I just don't understand like the like the more like why the horror aspect. Oh, it's because you, in the pagan religion, now I'm not pagan, I'm not religious at all. You know, I'm not going to say I'm an atheist, I just, you know, I'm, I'm just nothing, right? But the thing is, in the pagan religion, from what I understand, I don't want any pagans to call me up or send me an email being like, Sir, you got it wrong, it's all about this or that. But no, the thing is, it's just like, um, on October 31st is the time when like the evil spirits and demons or even like past like loved ones come up and they try to take your soul or kidnap your children. So you dress your children up as monsters to for them to think that they're also monsters. Oh, because okay. I guess like demons are kind of stupid. Right. <laughs> You're stupid demons. <laughs> okay. Well, I, I guess I just put that out there. You know, yeah. Sorry demons, don't come after me. We're all we're all friends, I guess. I mean, we fade. Well, I'm a bit of a demon, so All right. So let's move forward to racket. So where did Racket come from, like the name? Uh, well, Racket came from, um, well, my girlfriend and I were like thinking about different names for the, for my new music and mm -hmm. Racket is to make a very loud sound and when I first started Racket, that's when I picked up an electric guitar and I was just like bashing away on bar chords, was really crap at guitar the band that I had were like one of them, my bass player, she's like a pro, but then the rest were like just kind of winging it. So this like a loud clamoring sound seemed appropriate at the time. But since then, Racket is also a uh, scheme. Um, it's also um, the concept of moving forward with a big uh, like, a forward force with others so for me like it's been adaptable to different times so now I can play properly and uh, so that kind of loud sound it's still very loud and, and abrasive but it's more like contoured and a little bit more sophisticated but yeah I mean it's very different yeah the idea now is, <coughs> is definitely um, you know, to culminate a following to move forward for a good cause. Um, you know, I, I, I'm not an artist that, um, you know, I, I have some ideas about what I want to do with my artistry. Mm -hmm. And um, they're kind of beyond the realm of pop music. I mean, I everyone gives Madonna a hard time, but like, I really like that she at least brought attention and awareness to third world countries and developing communities and that for me I don't know it just does something for me um, I've always done uh, national like disaster volunteers I um, volunteered in Vanuatu when they had a hurricane and like I've, I've volunteered in Nepal as well so there's something about volunteering and working in developing countries 
I think it all just like kind of connects through like the devastation and destruction of America right now and like what Donald Trump is like doing to like really harm humanity. So we are so not political on this show. I know you're not political, and I'm not political either. <laughs> and, and, I, you, you can know, be whatever I, you want, but yeah, it, it, we don't talk about politics at all. I look, mean, I'm not. I, I <laughs> there's another either. podcast in here that, in Japan that does only politics, and I, I tried to give it a listen, and I was just like, oh my god, where's the gun? I'm gonna put it in my mouth until it goes click, click, click. But um, but I really like what you're doing. The, the whole idea of like racket moving forward and helping out like third world countries and supporting like people that are in need and stuff is absolutely spectacular. Um, with like everything that's going on in South America and Africa and even Eastern Europe and stuff, there's a lot of problems and stuff and helping out and doing your part is magnificent. And I got Fade of Japan, maybe we should do a little bit more. So maybe if Fade or support us more on Patreon, no, I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, I gotta sell my soul just a little bit every show, but you know, I think that's really awesome. And actually, going back to what you're talking about, like when you first started the band, it sounded more like a racket, like a like a sound of noise. Yeah. I, I happen to disagree because I, I've heard a lot of your music, and I listen really with um, an open ear. And I think uh, your first LP or EP was uh, what's it called, Ready or Not? Yeah. I think that I think that album itself it really reminded me when I was listening to it. Um, it sounded more like a cross between, I would say, maybe Joan Jett and PJ Harvey. Cool. Yeah, oh, so... Oh, I love those guys. Yeah, I so, love those girls. Yeah, they're girls. <laughs> I, I mean, I just call girls guys and everyone's dude. It, it's men. 2019, yeah. <laughs> you know? This is the new world, I guess. Yeah, I guess so. But, um, yeah, that's, that's exactly what I thought. So when you said, like, a, a sound of noise, did you have like a CD or something before that that you released that's not available that I can get my hands on or something or? No, they are recordings that we'll never see. Oh, really? A they're, day. <laughs> they're that much of a racket. Yeah, they're on borderline of in, in audible, inaudible. Inaudible. Yeah. I think everything that is inaudible is actually audible. Isn't well, right? <laughs> not I'm. Yeah, I will not. Maybe physically, but not mentally, right? Yeah, yeah. No, I, <laughs> this I coffee is strong. I can't digest that. <laughs> That's all right. It's cool. I'm just going there. Awesome. In your new stuff, your new stuff is really, really different. Um, you released your new track. Your new single is called Mach Machine Nation. Machinations. Machinations. Yeah. That's it. And that is kind of like it's electro punk funk with a couple of really dynamic breakdowns. It was really interesting. When I was listening to it, I got Sorry to interrupt. No, please go for it. Don't, it's not funk. It's your show when you're on it. It's not funk, man. No, not funk, but I mean like funky. Okay, funky. Not like funk like George Clinton or anything. <laughs> like don't smell my finger, but it's just like, I, I you know, it's the, the breakdowns and stuff. It's like really dynamic. I thought it was really cool. It's okay. not an insult to say that. Well, funk is You're cool, a punk man. rock highness, but. <laughs> funk is cool. Yeah, yeah, funk is good. But um, I thought it was great. When I was listening to it, I listened to it a couple of times. And I think the first time I listened to it, it kind of reminded I thought you should definitely do a music video that's similar to that Bjork. Remember? You know Bjork, right? Yeah. Okay, you know that music video she did with the robots? It came out in like 1998 or something. Was it Love Machine? It's like yeah. the two robots. I don't remember, but I mean, 
I, I mean, it's funny that you say that. I have already made a music video for it. It's coming out next week. Did you really? Yeah. Okay, I mean, did you tell us a little bit about it? Yeah, so I made it myself. Cool. And, um, DIY, I love it. Yeah, I mean, I do everything DIY, really. Good. Um, but, yeah, it's like a Sims video. Um, kind of, it's not in animation, but the way that I've shot it, it gives like a real, you know, the Sims video yeah video game it's like a very like augmented reality world mm -hmm. yeah the way that I shot it the way that I edited it um, yeah so that's coming out next week it's yeah. coming out next week yeah so you just released a single last week and the video is coming out next week yeah awesome Wow yeah. you really work yeah <laughs> the pedal is put to the metal well I don't have much else to do <laughs> I Except wish I could say things, that. Make things. I mean, as an independent artist, I think these days, like, I started out making music, but then I had to learn how to use Final Cut Pro, how to use Photoshop, how to use Illustrator, how to use a camera, how to use social media. It's like the skill set of being an independent artist these days has, like, just astronomically. Uh, and I can't speak on behalf of, like, what it was like for other artists before me because maybe they they had jobs in different like industries that they had to tap into to understand how to promote themselves but mm. I just know for me like I'm an artist and a songwriter and a performer as a primary thing but definitely it is an onset of skills that you have to learn if you want to be able to afford to produce content to support and give a visual representation of your art it's never ending too yeah i mean you know like you're running your own podcast there's like so many aspects of what you do as that is it. like buy alcohol and drink the alcohol and get the news and oh god it's just one thing after another for the podcast oh okay <laughs> scott bit <of> japan <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I mean, yeah. I mean, you've got to drink if that's the, that's your job. That is a hard job. Uh, it's not a job that I can really. I, I mean, I can't do that job. Do anymore. you drink? No. You don't drink. No. And you're playing. All right. Racket's playing at <laughs> Knob. Playing at my event tomorrow. Right. Playing at Amp. Yeah. And anyone can have my drinks. Really? <laughs> oh God! It's the CBGBs of Tokyo, and it's like two thousand yen all you can drink. So we get I like I, I think tomorrow there's gonna be all these punk rockers like Japanese punk rockers showing up and just getting completely faded. Oh my god! Well, the thing is now I know you're gonna be reliable because we get a lot of bands from overseas and stuff showing up yeah. and they're like two twenty bucks all you can drink. This is fucking ridiculous. And then they get wasted. And uh, one time we had a drummer that was puking in the bathroom, oh. and and I was just like, thank God he finished his set. <laughs> Oh my god. Oh Crazy. no, it's part of the fun though, you know. Yeah, I mean, there's there's a time and place for that. I, I guess for me, like my crew will be there, they all drink, and like I might have a drink, but I tried, like when I was growing up, like I was going hard, really hard, like, and then all of a sudden, like, this is going to be like the most inappropriate like topic to talk about on a show where you guys get wasted but I'm so envious because then I started like just out of nowhere I tried to drink and I like came up in this rash it was like ninja cockle and like I would get dressed to go up go out and then I'd like start drinking and I just look like a mutant and now I can't Whoa. drink it's like I just F myself up so hard that like my body's just like no way dude and yesterday was Halloween that could have been your costume 
I know. I should have just got wasted. <laughs> I would have like had my like, one bulging eye. Oh my god, your eyes pop out. I don't, they don't pop out, but I like I look. Yeah, I mean, I react. My body just like starts like hiding out. So you react physically, and physically. other people react mentally and a little physically. Yeah, I mean, I I would have say I I I am affected mentally as well. Oh wow. You know. Okay. I mean, look, I'm going to give it a go tomorrow night. I will try. No, 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 don't. No, I no, no, try, no. But if I come out looking no, please, like don't. I've been stung no, by no. I'm going to spike your drink with water. So you can be like, this is what vodka tastes like? This is crazy. It tastes just like water because it's going to be 100% water. Oh, well, I don't know if it's vodka. Oh, no. The, the, the demon inside me will come out. Oh, jeez. Oh, God. I think it just destroyed my show. I'll give it a go. There's a lot of punk rock bands, so it should be okay. I mean, nobody goes full G.G. Allen, but some of them kind of go quarter G.G. Allen. Oh, man. So, all right. I, I got to go there. So, you are Racket. And when you I, when I researched your band and stuff, a long time it was. And when I first found out about you guys, uh, there was like four girls, yeah. right? And sometimes five girls that yeah. were in the band. And um, and one girl is actually sponsored by what's it, Stanion Guitars or something? Well, I'm sponsored by Strandberg Guitars. So that's you. You're yeah. sponsored. Okay, yeah. cool. And you play guitar too. Yeah. Excellent. And. Strandberg Guitars is Swedish. Yeah, and they make really, really amazing Insane. Aerodynamic. The like design is all edge. cool. Yeah, yeah they cut the head off and then they cut the body off. It's kind of like yeah. medieval. Yeah, but, <laughs> I it's, it. but I mean, it's kind of like medieval in appearance, but it's actually like future. I mean, I think it's the future of guitars. I think they look beautiful. They're they're great. They're very I, cyberpunk-esque. And then that's kind of the thing where you're going towards for this next album too, right? Well, I'm avoiding outer space for now. Yeah. I mean, is I cyberpunk don't... outer space? It kind of is, well, cyber, right? Well, cyber. I mean, cyber is outer space, right? Well, they call Shibuya cyber city now. Do they? Yeah, because of or all is, the... Is it cyber is like technology? I think it's a little bit of both. Oh. Yeah. Well, I guess like space is like. But you want to stay away from the space thing because there's some cyberpunk bands in Japan. There's one called uh, Dozao, D O Z E W, I think. And actually, they do kind of have like the anime kind of thing. They wear these helmets and they shoot lasers out of their guitars and stuff. I've booked them a couple of times. They're actually pretty good. Sounds fun. It is pretty fun. Yeah, Yeah. they bounce around. One guy plays the saxophone in his helmet. He's got this special like uh, device in the front of his helmet that he puts the saxophone mouthpiece in, and he can play the saxophone. And it looks weird because it kind of looks like like some kind of a, I don't know. It looks like something out of Star Wars. It's yeah. actually pretty cool. Wow. Yeah, and you should check them out. They got yeah, I don't think they have cool. any videos, but they got a lot of uh, photos. Yeah, which is equally as impressive. But um, so you represent the band. You are the band. Yeah. But what about the other people? The other. Okay. The other... Well, I mean the other girls. Ali, my bass player, my oh. best friend, mm-hmm. she had a baby. She decided we were recording my second EP, and as I said, I'm the songwriter mm-hmm. and the manager, and I conceptualized Racket and recruited these girls to come and play for me. Yeah. And they, at different times, became integral into the band, but it was mostly for, for the live live aspect. Yeah. And because we were playing live so much, that image really got like driven in. Yeah, it really does. Brand, yeah. yeah. If you look you guys up, it's like this this girl band. It's just like 
in your face, hardcore, like boot to the teeth kind of band, you know? Yeah, yeah. But so my bass player, she's always been with me, Ali. I was recording my second EP and she told me that she was pregnant and so... And you're like, damn it! That's just like that podcast, Got Paid in Japan. Oh, yeah. Anyway, so... <laughs> <laughs> so she decided to leave to have a baby. Uh-huh. And then my guitarist and my drummer, <coughs> kind of around the same time, decided that they wanted to pursue their own production um, kind of label slash like produce other artists and that was last year like in November about November October last year it all started to like okay so now I don't really have a band and I'm also starting to like gravitate towards this like pop punk thing and so I was like okay well what should I do like should I recruit and replace all of the band again and go through that process of you know, recreating the same concept or should mm. I use this as an opportunity to redefine myself and and find, you know, a new type of artistry that aligns more with what I was listening to. So mm. I was kind of like the last bitch standing really and being like, okay, well, you know, I've got all this freedom now and... I'm just going to, you know, I could have walked away from Racket and been like, well, okay, everybody thinks that that's what it is. It's just a four-piece all-girl band and, you know, RIP, that was done. But, mm. like, I really wanted to keep going and, and, and show that just because circumstances change doesn't mean that you can't redefine your artistry and, like, move into new phases. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Man, that's awesome. Preaching to the choir. All right, so I want to ask you about touring. So you've already killed it all over Australia. And when you're touring in Australia, you're touring with a band. Yeah. And now you're in Japan and you've got what? You've got 19 gigs here? 14. 14. Yeah. That is incredible. Yeah. That is absolutely incredible. I mean, if there's any one way to get your name out in a country, it's tour 19 or 14 times <laughs> yeah. in two weeks. And Holy get fun. on, get faded. Got faded, but got yeah. Got faded, sorry. <laughs> We're the I'm, past I'm tense. getting faded. <laughs> You're getting faded. Well, yeah. you will tomorrow. <laughs> well, maybe not. But um, so when you're on tour here in Japan, how do you do that? Like, well, I mean, you've got a bass player, you've got uh, yeah, some yeah. sound assistants, or no? So, uh, and actually, I should know this ahead of time because you know, okay. I guess you booked you tomorrow. Oh no! Oh no! You um, know what time the sound check is, right? Yeah, four. Okay, four. Um, four. yeah. So. With this transition, like, there, I had to learn. So I had to learn all this new technology to support the transition because um, I wasn't going to be using cymbals. I wasn't going to be using live drums. I wasn't going to be using a lead guitarist or a rhythm guitarist. I play a few lead pieces in there, but... I had to, like, I'm, I'm really a hands-on person. I love, like, arts and crafts. I build a lot of, like, stuff with my hands. And then all of a sudden, I'm, like, having to learn how to use Ableton Live, how to program a light show into my Ableton Live set, how to program and use um, MIDI triggers and in-ears. So it was, like, this whole kind of journey towards... A future not only sound wise but me having to step up and be like embracing technology learning new 
new aspects of how to create live music with that technology in mind. I keep talking about technology because I just feel like we are really heading towards a digital like fusion of our reality, you know, like the more I live more and more of my life online. Mm -hmm. I, I'm looking Some people into, live their whole life online. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I'm looking into my screen, if not more than I am looking up. And I used to feel like that was very like, I was like, no, you know, this, you know, kids these days were all online, but honestly, now I've just had to embrace it and be like, you know what, this is where we're headed and I have to get on board sonically, um, you know, practically, systematically, and yeah, so it is so nerve, it is more nerve wracking rocking up to a show with my new live set than it was before because before I'd just be like, yeah, plug it in, turn it up, whatever, like, you know. And punk now, rock. Punk rock. And also had like all of these girls around me that would just like set up their them their rigs, set up their pedals and that was it. Now I'm turning up and I've got like, I'm relying on a laptop. And the scary thing about like working with a laptop and, um, you know, live software is that like it still has a mind of its own. Like you cannot con completely control technology, and that is like ghost in the machine. I'm, I'm learning that like this AI, futuristic technology-based digital world is like it's, it's like some kind of scary element to it because I know from my live show I can set up and do the same program, and for some reason it'll just be like nah, you're not getting your lights tonight, you know, like. And we're not playing this song. We're going to play this song instead. And I know. Like, oh, like, it's like, like something inside the machine, you know. Ghost in has, the machine. Yeah. So that has been a real challenge. And like I said, like the evolution coming from playing bar chords and not playing very well to all of a sudden having a very sophisticated setup is mm -hmm. like, it's, just, it's been a learning curve and it's been yeah. really challenging, really challenging. Yeah, I can imagine. That's awesome, though. But you're moving forward. I, I think in the future, it's going to be to the point where everybody is going to be in like what virtual reality or something where you're in a studio somewhere in Australia, maybe your garage or whatever, your basement, and then everybody else is in their bedroom, but like online or whatever, some kind of like virtual reality, everybody's all together. Oh, what's that movie? It's just like that movie that I was t that I just saw. What's it called? Ready Player One, Game Over Player One. Yeah. Well, anyway, I guess I just described part of that movie. Spoilers, I guess. Anyway, I guess in the future, we're all going to be like that. Where we're but all just maybe. at home, but we're all together somewhere. Yeah, yeah. Some kind of William Gibson twisted cyber world. I don't know. Uh, I don't know. I mean, maybe I don't cool. know what's going to happen. But, like, mm -hmm. I coming to Japan, I'm just... Like, I haven't seen, like, a lot of, like, the futuristic things that I thought I would, but what I have seen coming to Japan is, like, the most sophisticated, organized system of humans I've ever seen. Like, Australia, compared to Japan, looks barbaric. Like, we look like filthy dogs, like... Well, I wouldn't say that. No, we are, We got a lot of Australian listeners. I think you guys are swell. No, it's they're not all like yeah, okay, fine as individuals they're swell, but like you walk down the street, like people throw their rubbish on the ground. It's 
dirty, it's racist, it's... Um, oh, racist? Yeah, I mean, it's it's like country... I mean, as soon as you go out of the metro area, it's like, it's like country <laughs> hicks. Uh, and then, then like in Mad the city, Max, it's like right? feral and dirty. Like, I mean, I'm just on a... I just love how Japan, like, I came here, I can't see any rubbish. I can't even see a bloody rubbish bin. It, there's no rubbish... Like, and it's so organized, and people are so respectful. Well, you gotta be here for a while and learn the language, and then you kind of yeah, look, <laughs> get maybe, the gist of it. Maybe, but, but yeah. I'll tell you, like, in As Australia, an outsider looking in, comparing yeah. it to your home country, no, I agree, I agree. If you compare, like, uh, if you compare Tokyo to Detroit, it is night and day. So, mm. I mean, I've never been to Australia, although I really, really love to go to Australia. I've, I've met so many amazing bands, so many great people, and I do love Coopers. Oh yeah. Yeah, I yeah, do. Yeah. I know. I'm a Cooper's fan, and I know. It's a, I know. A bit of a heavy lager. I, yeah, half the Australian population is like, "Oh, you wanker," and the other half's like, "Hey, he's okay," you know. But. That was a good attempt at Australian accent. Well, no, that was my. I don't know. Give us an Australian accent. I don't want to. <laughs> I'll give you. I'll give you. Uh, what's What's yours? You're from Detroit. Well, I was born there, but uh, I, you're gonna be like, "Yo, dude, what's up?" And then you might say the N word or something. I don't know. I'm joking. No way. I mean, I'm only memory. <laughs> no, I'm totally joking. I'm so joking. Hey, but... I'm John from Get Faded. Well, it's got. Well, that's pretty faded. close. <laughs> hey guys, it's John from Got Faded. Did I say guys? I hate that word. Did I really say guys? No, we, I didn't. Did we I? We don't say guys. What do you say then? I, I, well, anything but, you know. I, what do you I, say? It's like every time I turn on YouTube, everybody in YouTube's like, hey guys, it's me. Or, hey guys, I got some news. Everybody calls everybody guys, so I'm just like anti guys. Yeah. I hate guys. Uh, I don't know. I, you know, somebody said gals. You. Huh? I'm vibing you. I had this like Twitter thing that I did a couple of weeks ago yeah. where I was like, what if we just started saying, hey girls? Dude, I'm down with that. What's up, my ladies? Am I sexist now? I don't want to be sexist. I got four sisters, and they'll all kick my ass if yeah, I want to be sexist. I mean, it's so weird because two you of say, them listen to the show. You say, "Hey, ladies," and suddenly it's sleaze. Like you can't really win. So maybe just like, "What up, bitches?" No, that's bad too, right? What up, bitches? Um, I don't know. I, I could go with that one. I guess we're gonna just be so original that you know, like, hey, it's. Hey mutants, it's John from God Faded. Actually, it's Johnny, but yeah. Johnny. Yeah. Johnny from God Faded. This is Jonathan from the Encyclopedia of Brown. Um, <laughs> let's see. Uh, all right. Well, we should do this together. All right. So, okay, mutants. I think it's a little bit too X Men ish. Okay. Um, we could go. We could go all the way back to the movie Goodfellas. Hey, fuckos, how you doing? You know? Oh, my God. Yeah, right? everybody called each other fucko. Hey, fucko, what are you looking at, guy? You know. Well, in Australia, you'd be like, hey, mate. Hey, mate, yeah. I don't know. I'm, I, I had an Australian, not Australian, but a British boss that called everybody mate because he was too drunk to t remember anybody's names. Yeah. So he just sounded like a pirate because he was all drunk. I might sound it. And and at first it was cool, but after a while it's just like, Dude, oh god, you smell like well, actually rum. No, I didn't smell like rum. Yeah. You just smell like ramen and booze. But anyway, from Bundaberg. Nah, maybe I don't know. Yeah. But anyway, yeah. 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 So what were, we, what were we talking about before we went on this? I don't know, music yeah. or something. I yeah. don't know. Oh yes, music. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So, 
I want to ask you about management. Now, I just read uh, I just read this book, How to Ruin a Record Label. Wait, is it How to Ruin a Record Label or a Record Company? It's like the history of Lookout Records. Do you know Lookout Records? They produced uh, the first Green Day LP, uh, Operation Ivy, old school shit, East Bay, California, uh, San Francisco, I guess. But um, anyway, it's a really interesting book about a record label and record management and stuff. You're doing everything independent. In the future, do you want to work with a record company or do you prefer to shoot from the hip and be completely solo? I mean, I'd like some help. <laughs> <laughs> Don't look at me like that. <laughs> no, I mean, I need help. Yeah. But it depends what the terms are. Mm. I mean, yeah, like I'm not, you know, it depends what the terms are. You know, I... The music industry now is like very much you can run your own business and you can do your own thing, but yeah. it would be nice to have somebody in my, you know, people in my team to help kind of drive more of like a global vision of mm. how to go from a tiny little island Australia to connect. Well, I think Australia rich. is a lot bigger than tiny. I think Japan's the tiny little island. I well, Australia's like got le way less people, way more room, but uh, like way less people. Okay, I see what you're saying now. Sorry. Yeah, and also like the opportunities in Australia, like they're quite. If you aren't, if you don't fit into a particular mold or aren't played by a particular radio station, it is very much like an uphill battle. Um, because it's a click. I mean, and you probably have it in Japan. There's particular radio stations. It's like a click. Um, Nobody listens to the radio here. Okay. Well, we have one particular radio station that if you don't get played on that radio station, well, you kind of, you know, you're ousted from that. Whereas, I like to be ousted. I like to be uh, the underdog. When I watch movies, you know, I'm just like, yeah, underdog, you know? Seriously, but the thing is like... Yeah, but the underdog only is an underdog if the underdog rises. If but look, the underdog at, look at you now. You're stay. here in Japan, and then you're trying to move on to like Europe and to the United States. So yeah. being the underdog, maybe if everything was easy for you, you know, if like somebody's like, oh, we got this girl band, they're punk rocker, they're kind of like a Joan Jett kind of thing and stuff. Let's get them on the radio and stuff. All of a sudden you blew up that way. Maybe right now you'd be completely sold out and cheesy or something. Not saying that you would go that way, but it's a possibility. I would you'd like to the, sell out. Uh, <laughs> I would like to get paid. I, I would love a diamond ring, but no, no I, I don't mean, want a diamond ring. I just want like want one day off. Uh, one day off? Okay, well, maybe in the future, but I think it gives you a little bit more edge and class Thank if you're you. the underdog Thank and doing you. what you're doing and stuff. Yeah, so, yeah, you know, yeah. selling out, I mean, think of all these bands that sold out, you know, in like the 90s. Remember the 90s when um, all these like rock and roll and punk rock bands became really popular for like a week and they had one track one song that was on MTV and then you never heard of them again but all the like smaller bands that did their own thing let's just use NoFX for an example those guys are still going really strong you mm -hmm. know and and the other bands like let's say Green well Green Day actually they did go on a record level that was pretty big but anyway you know what I'm saying right yeah so and I think those bands that did do their own thing that did kind of do the independent or even small minor record label kind of approach those guys right now are actually they got mad respect in like all different different genres like punk yeah. rockers like them rock and roll people like them I mean they get mad respect because they did it their way yeah you know yeah 
So I think what yeah, you're doing I mean, is actually the right way to do it. And I know making money and taking a day off is cool, but sometimes that's just not in the cards for an artist. Uh, <laughs> I stumped you, huh? <laughs> well, I would hope that an artist can make money and have a day off. I mean, I'm... Well, Andy Warhol did, I guess. Well, I and mean, he took a no, decade off. I mean, there's no reason why you, you, you shouldn't... Uh, I guess for me, like, I'm all about visualization and, like, I think being an art, a struggling artist is an identity that I would eventually like to detach myself from because this connotation of, you know, always having an uphill battle, like, yes, the grind is, like, the grind is addictive and it's part of it, but it would just be, you know, I'm kind of aiming towards, like, you know, living more of a peaceful, like, life where I'm not, <laughs> isn't like... it more exciting? Mitsuya Liquors. Yo, what's up, faders? If you're in Asia, if you're in Japan, if you're in Tokyo, if you're in Asagaya, you better get down to... Mitsuya Liquors. That's right. For the most affordable prices in Japan, you can get over 300 different kinds of beer. That's right, over 300 different kinds of beer. And of course, they got all the shochu you need, all the sake you need, and of course, they got wine from California to Italy to France to New Zealand. They got it all. When I say they got it all, they really, seriously, got it all. There's no joke about that. So get down to Mitsuya Liquors. And if you go in there and you say, got fit of Japan, you will be more than welcome to go into their back room and drink those beers that you just purchased. That's right. Got fit of Japan at Mitsuya Liquors. And three times a week, they have a sushi chef there. So get your sushi on, get your drink on, get your fade on, and come on down to Mitsuya Liquors, located comfortably in Asagaya. About five-minute walk from the station. It's your liquors. Yo, what's up, Faders? Got Faded Japan has got a new sponsor. Our new sponsor is Gamuso Bar, located in Asagaya, Tokyo. If you're kicking it in Tokyo and you want to get your groove on, get your fade on, you better get your ass down to Gamuso. Gamuso is located in Asagaya. It's about 11 minutes from Shinjuku Station on the Chuo Line. Gamuso has weekly bands, weekly performances. And hell, if you got your own event and you want to hold it at Gamuso, we'd love to host you. So contact Gamuso at www.gamuso.com. That's www.gamuso.com. That's right, Gamuso has not only beers in the bottle, but beers on tap. We've got every drink you want, so come on down to Gamuso. Gamuso, and if I'm working, tip me. Hey, yo, what's up, baiters? Johnny here. You know I love booze and news, but I also love art. So come on down to thespiltink.com and check my art out. I've got tons of stuff there for you to check out. And I've got paintings, I've got prints, I've got videos. And I tell you what, if you like a painting, I could probably sell it to you. And I tell you what, if I can't sell you that painting, I will definitely sell you a print. I've got prints of all my work. Prints are about 2,000 N each, about 20 bucks, but if you buy two, you get the third one for free. So come on down to thespiltink.com. Yo, and on top of that, I'm looking for commissioned work. So if there's something that you want me to do, I can make it for you. Just check out my stuff and see if you like my style. And if you like my style, I can definitely paint you anything on canvas, paper, whatever. I've done it all. So come on down to thespiltink.com. That is T-H-E-S-P-I-L-T-I-N-K.com. Thespiltink.com. Proper.
If you're gonna get your fit on, you gotta get your fit on in style. And that's why I use Ghost Town Palmade. Ghost Town Palmade is the number one badass palmade, and I practice what I preach. When I leave this house, if I'm not wearing a hat, if I'm not wearing a lid, I'm wearing Ghost Town Palmade in my hair. This stuff is amazing. It smells good, it looks good, and it feels good. Ghost Town Palmade, badass palmade. And let me tell you one thing, it comes in a lid. That's pretty badass. This whole world is so nerfed up these days. Everything is plastic and pink, but not Ghost Town Palmade. This stuff is a man's palmade, and it is hardcore. It's so hardcore, it's from Oakland, California. Oakland, California. That's right. Ghost Town Palmade. Get your fade on in style. Proper. Okay, and we're back. And before we move forward to the news, I gotta ask you, you tour a lot. Yeah. You tour all over Australia. You're here in Japan. In the future, it's the States and Europe. Yeah. You gotta have some tips. What are some tour tips? Well, my tour tips is always, whenever I get to stay in a hotel, I take every shampoo, every, everything I can find for free. When I go to the shops, I'll like start hoarding condiments and like sauces and tissues. I'm like, a, I'm like a shop's like worst nightmare for like taking free stuff. I don't steal anything that's not for free. Uh -huh. but I just like load up on whatever I can. Um, what else? I mean, I think it's like a good idea to take like a little bit of time away from the band that you're playing with or whoever you're with because honestly, like it gets pretty intense you know being in each other's faces but um oh yeah i can imagine i'm married so yeah <laughs> you gotta you gotta go to the bar sometimes and hang out with your friends yeah 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 so uh and just you know if you're gonna pick up then um make sure you're home at a decent hour <laughs> all right on that note we're hitting the news all right well racket all right, we have a lot of stories to choose from. Did you choose, did you pick one that you thought was interesting or well, funny? Well, I mean, yeah, but a lot of them is just so sad. Well, I mean, it is the news. I mean... I know, <laughs> I know. That's why I don't really... <laughs> it's sunny outside. We could do the weather. Got been in Japan weather. Okay, well... <laughs> if you're coming to Japan, it go, is sunny today. Yeah, just go outside. Yeah. Um, find out for yourself. Open the window. Yeah, alright, give me one. Okay, well, you want me to choose? Yeah, oh, I God, mean, digging your grave. As long as it's not the one about the cat getting decapitated. Ah, oh, shit. Okay, never mind. Alright, man, I'll give... Yeah. Oh, here's a fun one. Okay, right now, feeders, if you haven't noticed, we're at a karaoke booth. And, uh, this one here is all about karaoke. Okay. Alright, do you sing karaoke? You're a singer, I, so sing I, to, so. I sing karaoke to my own songs every night. <laughs> I just push play and rock it. Pretty much. Okay, go for it. It's all you. Okay, Tokyo. Okay, so I'm going to give you my um, real Australian newsreader's voice. No! Yes, from no. All, all my years acting. Oh my goodness. Okay. All right, all right, I'm getting goosebumps. I'm getting Tokyo goosebumps. Host Club. Hosts headbutts woman after being told he sucks at karaoke. It's an absolute requirement, obviously, that the staff of Japan's host bars be handsome. However, industry insiders, enthusiastic customers alike routinely say what separates the top tier of hosts from their lesser colleagues isn't their physical attractiveness. 
Instead, successful hosts are the ones who make a lady feel special through some mix of savvy sophistication, ruggish charm and or sensitive emotional attentiveness. They have personalities that ha- that make women enjoy spending time around them. Well, more accurately, they're able to project a persona that will this doesn't feel like news at all. This feels like like some kind of like... Um, it's been written from Japanese to English and yeah, it's... Okay, all right. This is no longer the news. This is like um, a, a guide on how to like pick up at a karaoke... Uh, sorry, at a club, right? Well, more accurately, they're able to project a persona that women enjoy being around but one woman found out in a violent way that a host she'd been cozying up to wasn't as nice as you'd seemed no on october 17 we're going into true crime mode now oh wow yeah 23 year old host hiro kawakami was out in Tokyo's Kubachaba district with a younger co-worker host and two women they'd met when they'd come to their club as customers. While the two hosts weren't officially working at the time, the group of four was out pseudo-socializing with customers outside the club when they're employed at, when the club they're employed at in brackets on the customer's dime of course is fairly common and often encouraged practice in the host hostesses industry in japan the group booked a private karaoke box and began singing but apparently one of the women didn't care for kawakami's musical stylings and began making fun of him for his off-key vocal performance calling him tongue deaf Kawakami and the woman then got into a verbal confrontation, prompting the other woman, aged 25, to step in and try to intervene. Having had his vocal cords mocked, Kawakami then decided to show off what he could do with his cranium, headbutting the second woman and otherwise striking her, fracturing her orbital floor, essentially the bone at the back of the eye socket. Kawakami was subs. subs subsequently arrested and taken into police during the questioning he admitted to the charges saying the woman was making fun of me by saying i sucked at singing and it pissed me off meanwhile the woman's injury is expected to take approximately one month to heal oh my god my wow that was an essay man oh i'm sorry about that but geez louise what would you do if you're at a karaoke booth or at a show and someone's like your singing sucks what would you do headbutt no way no way uh you'd use your fist no way dude no boot no i would just be like guitars you're gonna sit vicious it i don't know what I look like, but like I'm not a violent person. You do not seem like a violent person. I would just be like, well, that's your choice, bro. Like, wow, that's so California. I was expecting more of a Melbourne kind of answer. Well, I don't (laughs) think anyone in Melbourne would be like knocking anyone out. No, there's a lot of heavy metal guys in Melbourne. I've had them on the show, and those guys are like, yeah, my, and it's just like, whoa, okay, awesome. Oh, they're little pussy cats. They act smart. They act tough, but then. They're not brutal. They're no, not. they are all not brutal. All right, awesome. So you would just go with it. I'd just be like, cool, man. Well, your taste in music sucks. 
Awesome. So you don't fight with your fist, you fight with your heart. Okay, moving on to the next story. Next story. Apple stolen from Archers and Almori. So we're going from bad to worse. Okay. This is terrible. This is like the worst news ever. Japan apples are worth at least like two dollars Australia maybe. Yeah, but so they're huge. They are kind of big. Have you seen the watermelons that are square? Insane, dude. Have you seen the square watermelons? No. Alright, if you go to Shinjuku, if you go right by the station near uh, Kabukicho, there's this uh, fruit place, fruit and vegetables place, and they sell very expensive fruit and vegetables, and they have the square watermelons. Oh my gosh, are yes. you serious? How I am hell? serious. Yeah, they're awesome. Oh and they gosh. taste good too. Okay, moving forward, an estimated 250 apples ready to be picked have been stolen from an orchard in Itawagani town, Aomi, Awamori Prefecture. Police said the apples were stolen sometime before 3 p.m. on Thursday, local media reported Friday. This 60-year-old orchard owner said the stolen apples were of a brand, Guma Megiatsu. He said all the apples were still on the trees. Wow, that's a lot of, that's either one really fast person or yeah. maybe, maybe there's 350 kids that went in there that just wanted one apple. Yeah. I don't know. <clears throat> an ambush. Apple ambush. An apple ambush. I love it. Uh, da, 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 da. Okay. He said that all the apples were still on the trees when he last checked the orchard at around 3 p.m. How did he know it was 350? Did he, like, look at all the empty apple places? You know, like, the apples are hanging and maybe there's, like, twigs or something? I don't know. I haven't given it much thought, but, like, I'll think about it. You'll think about it? I don't I'll know. I'll think about it. I don't know. 350 or no 250 god that's I like i mean uh, apples are expensive it's probably like looking at it like stock i don't know he's gotta be pissed police said there have been a similar theft case in almori prefecture with at least 500 apples stolen from the archer in almori city on wednesday and about 600 bunches of grapes stolen from the vineyard in Suruta town on Monday. And that's the end of the story. You know what I'm going to blame? The vegetarians. Those guys are crazy. Yeah? I don't know, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> vegetarians, they be nuts. Oh, yeah, yeah, because, like, they're the only people that need fruit and vegetables. <laughs> yeah, I know. Okay, you Blame the vegetarians. The, no, no. No, I, I'm pro-vegetarian. I've got a co-host, Sean, that's a vegetarian. He's pro, he's pro-vegetables. I mean, it's just like, when I, I haven't noticed a lot of fruit and vegetables here. Well, they're so expensive. Yeah. Actually, when I go back to the States, oh my God, I can't believe how cheap they are. I go to, um, I go to Myers, right? It's like this yeah. huge shopping place, whatever, the supermarket, right? I go in there and I just look at the prices and I'm just like, what? 30 cents for an apple? That's insane because here it's like 250, yeah. right? Actually, 250 times 250, that's a lot of money. Yeah. What are they I mean, doing? They're buying them, they're stealing them and selling them. That is a weird thing to steal and sell. That's like... That's crazy. You got to go all the way up there. You got to have like big bags like Santa Claus or a truck or something. And who buys that? Well, I mean, obviously it's it's low and I mean, it's as I said, it's all like time back to Japan being like futuristic in that like the organic aspect of it is that's going to be more of a commodity, mm. you know? Like apples will be like gold. Like it don't you think it's like this the warning of like 
the end the of end of the world don't say that oh. don't say that in Shibuya <laughs> this is like the center of it oh my god now I got more goosebumps or maybe I drink alcohol and I got a rash well no we're gonna we're gonna be going to the moon eventually I'll I'm going to the moon I think we're gonna go to Mars Mars, first. Mars yeah. you think Mars or the moon oh I don't really know I'm just guessing guessing I don't I don't know enough about either have you seen the new show? It's not that new, actually, but it's new to me. It's called 100 or The 100 on Netflix. No. No? Okay. All right. Do you watch Netflix? You're on the road a lot. No, no. not really. I'm, like, really into this show, um, Get Shorty. Oh, wasn't that a movie? I was, but then I've got the, the uh, three seasons of the TV show. It's so good. I love is it, it good? Dude, it is the best. It's really? Yeah, is it similar it. to the movie? Yeah, yeah. It's really good. It's re- it's got that really um, like an up and coming Irish actor, really tall guy. I'm really bad with names, so I'm not even gonna like try to throw it out there. But yeah, it's good. It's good. It's good. All right. Awesome. Okay. Well, maybe this is similar to Get Shorty. This one here. Let's do one more story. I know uh, you got to get out of yeah. here. Okay. Diamond worth. 200 million stolen in Yokohama. It's a short one. You got this? Okay. Here you go. All right. What do you want to, how do you want to read? Uh, like a German. German. No, I'm joking. Don't read it. Okay. All right. Because I'm not very good at German. (laughs) Really? All right. I'll just do it in an Australian accent. Please. All right. Japanese police on Friday were looking for a stolen diamond worth 200 million yen after the pricey piece was discovered missing from a jewelry trade show in Yokohama. The diamond stolen on Thursday was valued at 200 million yen. We believe it was stolen from a display case, a police spokesperson told AFP. What's AFP? Australian Federal Police. That's it. Okay. The 50-carat the loose diamond was on display at a three-day show at the Pacifico Yokohama where companies from Japan, Russia, China, and elsewhere were showcasing their sparkly wares. That is interesting way to describe it. <laughs> they're sparkling. They're products. sparkling wares, <laughs> according to public broadcaster NHK. The theft was noticed by an employee who noticed the item was missing at 6 p.m. and realized the display case was unlocked. Well, too bad for you. It was last seen in the case at 5 p.m. The item belonging to Japanese firm. Uh, appeared to be the only piece taken from the show, which was not halted over and theft the theft and ends on Friday well I mean I don't really like this doesn't tug on any heartstrings for me mm-hmm. a diamond dude lost his diamond like well, I diamonds mean, are forever uh, well obviously they're not <laughs> <laughs> obviously no. they're temporary I love it that's great yeah oh man that's insane well I mean they kind of fucked up by leaving the case unlocked yeah. you know I mean that's like an amateur thing I mean I don't know. It kind of reminds me of the Pink Panther. You you think if somebody, I think if somebody planned this out, I think this is like a crime of opportunity because if somebody planned this out, they would have a decoy, yeah. right? So they would take like the real diamond and then put like a fake diamond, like a piece of glass or something or whatever. And then, you know, maybe a month later, they would find out that it's fake or something. I think, you know, somebody was just at the show and they saw like this open case with like a two, was a 200 million uh, yen worth diamond or whatever. So it's just like, oh, cool, mine. You know, it could have been a kid. You know, because like in Japan, a lot of people bring their kids to like events and trade shows and stuff like that. It's the weirdest thing. 
So maybe somebody was there and they're there with their kids and some little kid's just like, oh, sparkly. And they take the diamond, they put it in their pocket. And maybe, I don't know, maybe years later, like some mom's gonna be cleaning her kids, like, like uh, I don't know, like toys or something. Maybe not years later, that'd be crazy. Yeah. <laughs> I clean her room ye- only once every couple of years. But anyway, maybe in like a couple of weeks, she finds it and she, she, maybe she thinks it's a piece of glass. Maybe she throws it away. Maybe the diamond is gone for good and nobody knows where it's gonna be. It's gonna be in a landfill somewhere. Um, yeah, well, what can I say? I don't care about the diamond. You don't care about the diamond? Wait, oh, what is it? Diamond is a lady's best friend? No, it's oh, maybe it's boring. A boring. It's boring. Yeah. Oh, man. Don't buy me diamonds. Don't buy me flowers. No diamonds, buy no flowers. Buy me a studio. 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 Buy me a studio. Oh, man. Well, that studio is cheaper than diamonds, so somebody's going to buy it. Well, it can be. There's like a million dollar studio. Yeah, yeah. buy her a studio. Sign up for the Patreon. No, I'm joking. I'd support that. Anyway, Racket, thank you so much for being on the show. It's such an honor to have you here. I'm, I'm so glad you're here in Japan and you're rocking this whole country from coast to coast, north to south, east to west, and you're hitting other little islands along the way. That is absolutely spectacular. Baders, you know what to do. Support this girl, this <laughs> band, this this nation of hardcore electro-punk rock. And how can they reach you? Uh, they can reach me on Instagram. Uh-huh. Um, my Instagram hold is racket.tv. They can hit me up on Facebook, which is uh, racket.tv. They can hit me up on my website, www.racket.tv. I've just, uh, actually, for your listeners, I've just launched a virtual eight ball. Um, yeah, Magic I saw eight ball. that. That's interesting. And so you can go there and play it, and it's got my email. You can contact me directly. I don't mind at all. Um, and in terms of the shows that we're playing, uh, I guess, I mean, do I need to list those? I uh, know. They can you find it on them? your website. Yeah, yeah. sweet. All right, guys. And I'm going to well. upload the show tonight. So tonight you're playing in Koenji. Tomorrow you're going to play at uh, in Shibuya at yes. AMP, the, the NAB event. And then from there, you've got, what, 10 more gigs? Yeah. That's awesome. All yeah. right, cool. So I'm going to upload this tonight. So, yeah. I mean, faders, if you're in Japan, if you're in Asia, if you're breathing this side of heaven, <laughs> you better come on to these shows. Yeah, come on out and um, see if you can push my buttons. Uh, <laughs> yeah, see if you can. I, don't, I thought you were a nonviolent person. <laughs> well, I don't think I am, but, like... No, look, I think I'm maybe going to say something nice. Uh, Usually, if you push my buttons, you'll get a hug. You'll get something nice. Oh, that's awesome. Oh, what a great way to end the show. Yes. Hugs (laughs) around. Free hugs. Free hugs. Oh, God, those guys. Please. You know what I did? Last, was it two years ago? It was the first time I saw the free hugs people, right? Yeah. So I was by uh, Meiji Jingo, which is Meiji Shrine, which is right by Hedajuka. I was walking there with a friend, and all these people were there with free hugs. And I was like, what the fuck? Free hugs in Japan? I've never seen that before. And I have my sketchbook. I'm actually an artist, right? So I opened up my sketchbook, which is kind of big, and I wrote 100 yen hugs. And I stood next to them, but just behind them, and I was holding the sign. So they're yelling, free hugs, free hugs. And I was holding my sign. I think it's on the Facebook page somewhere. But uh, yeah, it was pretty interesting. They didn't like that at all once they caught on. They're like, hey, what's Oh, yeah, yeah. And did anyone buy a hug off you? No, and I didn't get a free one either. Yeah, well. <laughs> uh, <bad> plan. 
I know, you know. I, you know, I used to work in marketing, but whatever. Okay. Yeah. Faders, you also know what to do. Go to iTunes. Give us a five-star review. It Rate something nice. It really helps out the show. And, uh, yeah, sign up for the Patreon. There's a lot of stuff on the Patreon. We've got tons of videos, tons of, vi tons of photos that are too hot for the Internet. Tom's uploading some stuff from... I, I don't know, he's got a kid now, I can't really say. But if you sign up for the Patreon, <laughs> you can see him if you know what I mean. And uh, we'll definitely see you again next week. Racket, thank you very much for being thank on the show. Thank you, I'm looking forward to tomorrow night, thank you. Definitely, me too. Peace. Bye. Government job to abuse. Lonely wife to fuck.
As far back as I can remember, I always wanted to be a gangster. God, the pressure! I can't take it! I can't take it! I can't stand to it! You sure I should do this, man? We're going freaky! We came, we saw, we kicked his ass! Your move, creep. Oh, man. I will never forgive your ass for this shit. This is some fucked up repugnant shit. Ah, fuck it, dude. Let's go bold.